Blog Talk Radio. gods did not smile upon us last Monday, and Blog Talk Radio is having all sorts of issues, uh, so we're unable to do the show uh, last week, and I know usually we do a pregame for, uh, you know, the pay-per-views, but it was my dad's birthday, so I was celebrating my dad's birthday yesterday, and that's why we haven't been around, but we are back tonight to dissect everything that happened uh, at Hell in a Cell, which I think was a pretty solid pay-per-view. If the setup was not great, I thought we got a decent and entertaining few hours at the pay-per-view. We're going to dissect that here tonight. Go over, check us out on the Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that's facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Go there right now, like us, and then get involved in the conversation. You can also check us out on Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show, and one thing we're trying to do right now on the Twitter, you guys all know that the Royal Rumble is coming up next year in Philadelphia, and one of the friends of the show, you might know him as Little Guido, you might know him as Nunzio, local guy, friends with him, and what would the Royal Rumble be in Philadelphia without some ECW thrown into the mix? So right now, you can follow us on the Twitter, again, at the Ken Reedy Show, But what we are going to try to get trending over the next few months, when you get on the Twitter, hashtag Nunzio Rumble 2015. Again, hashtag Nunzio Rumble 2015. Let's get the man, Nunzio, Lil Guido, let's get him in the Royal Rumble next year in Philadelphia. You can check out our website, thekenreedyshow.com, blogs, bios, pictures, fan pictures, check us out over there. And most importantly, tonight we want to hear your thoughts on the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Call us, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. Again, 347-838-9815. That's the number to call to talk wrestling. As always, each and every week, I just couldn't get through this on my own. Tag team partner on the line from beautiful Connecticut, 
Dave, how you doing this evening? Well, it's not so beautiful because it is Connecticut. So um, the the only thing I can I can consider beautiful in Connecticut is my lovely girlfriend. But other than that, um, oh. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm I'm doing quite wonderful actually. Um, it's good, you know. First off, uh, you know we got a little bit of sad news, and uh, that happened. Uh, I'm trying to remember, like like the day before, a couple of days, about a week ago, uh, before what should have been our last show, and uh, legendary grappler Ox Baker passed away, and of course, all of us here at, at the the Ken Reedy Show send our sympathies to uh, friends and family of Ox Baker. I know it's probably going to be some people calling in, wanting to talk about Ox tonight. Um, a lot of our fans, uh, big fans of, of Ox Baker, he was a legend. Um, if you didn't watch wrestling, you probably knew him from Escape from New York. Uh, just a, a legend in the sport. Uh, quite an amazing heel. And honestly, Dave, probably the most interesting interview we've ever had on the show. You know, a guy, it's, it's, you know, you talk wrestling and you go back in that era of kayfabe. And, you know, a guy like Ox Baker always maintained his character. And he was quite the heel when he called our show. Yeah, it was um it was it was the uh the most intense seven minutes that I think I've ever <laughs> experienced on the show in my entire life, um, honestly. I, I mean he you mentioned K Fabe. K Fabe lived with him. He was he, he stayed true tried and true in character. He got he got you off the rails. Any question that you attempted to ask, it was totally turned around. It was your format went out the window the minute he, you know you took his call and he, and, uh, and and he was on the line. So um, it was it was quite interesting. But um, you know, a, an individual who, like you said, escaped from New York. He was involved in that. He was a he was a local legend in the state of Connecticut, in my state. Uh, you know, appearing at several independent wrestling shows. Um, you know, making friends with a lot of the independent wrestling talent and uh, in the state of Connecticut in the area. And uh, you know he was he was loved by many from from what I understand and from what I saw. I never met the man before, but I've heard lots of stories about how genuinely nice he was and you know how you know entertaining his character was um, back in the the sixties and seventies and even in the eighties in some in some cases. From what I from from research I I did on him and you know I I could be corrected by several people who are probably going to call in, but he used to work for Vince McMahon Senior. Um, he, uh, he also worked in the AWA. Uh, he, he was, he was quite the heel and, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, complications with his health, um, has, has, uh, you know, taken him from all of us, but, you know, may he rest in peace and to, you know, his family and friends out there that are mourning the loss of Ox Baker, you know, my condolences to you. Well said. Yeah. It just, it's, it's sad, you know, especially when you, you lose a, a legend like that, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, as you lose these legends in, in all walks of life, whether it's wrestling or other uh, avenues of entertainment, it's, you know, you have those ties uh, to to different eras. And, and as uh, legends like this pass away, you just lose a little bit of, of that era. So, said Dave, uh, sympathies to friends and family, um, RIP Ox Baker. So, uh, and if you want to call in and talk a little Ox, I'm sure, you know, a lot of the our, our callers are big, are friends and fans of Ox Baker. So, I'm sure we'll be talking a little ox a little bit later on. Um, so, you know, Dave, I got to tell you this story. Uh, and, I, if, you know, if you, if you follow me on Facebook, you know, if we're friends on Facebook, you probably saw I posted this. Uh, and uh, it's just it's a little bit of a side. 
But I'll tell you, like, I go to the gym almost every day. And, you know, I, I, I like going to the gym for the results. Um, I'm not a big fan, honestly, of the process of working out. Um, I like being in shape. I don't like working out. So I, I kind of keep to myself. I try to amuse myself. Um, it's funny because there are probably people in the gym that think I'm crazy because uh, every so often I'll start laughing because I'm trying to amuse myself while I'm in the gym. And a couple weeks ago, I'm, I'm in the, the sauna, and these two people walk in, and, and is a man and a woman, and the guy walks in, and he's got, like, a beard and, and a little bit longer hair. He's kind of heavy. Not really in great shape, but uh, and he walks in with this woman who's she's not bad looking, not great looking, but you know not bad. And got a cute little body, and they come in together and they they smile and say hello, and then they start talking Russian together, and I'm sitting there, like kind of laughing to myself that wow, I'm sitting in the sauna with the poor man's Rusev and Lana, and I'm kind of amusing myself, and then things kind of took a turn because as they're talking in Russian. The only word I understood them say was Homeland Security. <laughs> and I'm just like, what exactly? I mean, it was all Russian, and then it just Homeland Security, and then more Russian. I'm like, do I, do I call somebody now? So it was like, and I, I didn't want to like just automatically sprint out of uh, the sauna at that point. So I was like, all right, let me stay like three more minutes, then I'll casually slink out of the sauna as as these two are plotting something. So, yes, I shared a sauna with the poor man, Lana, and Rusev a couple of weeks ago. And it was just a funny story, I want to say. And, it's, and I'm going to use it as a segue to get into the whole Rusev thing right now. Rusev continues to roll. Um, I thought the pay-per-view last night overall was a solid pay-per-view. Uh, Rusev is a guy that, uh, you know, our, our friend Ronaldo on the Facebook, I, I didn't call them like the mid-card all-star or holding down the mid-card, whatever you want to call him, but he is. He's holding down that mid-card. He's a monster. I thought it was a good match uh, between him and Big Show. I, I'm enjoying the run they're having. They, they're building him into an absolute machine, which does lead you. The, the question is, when who's the guy who beats Rusev first, and where do they go with Rusev from there? Um I think the interesting question coming out of last night's match, again, very solid matchup. I love what Rusev is bringing to the table. Quick guy for a guy his size. The two questions that I think of coming out of last night are, number one, what's next for Rusev? Because I think we're going, we're going to go away from Big Show. Because I think, two, last night it looked like they were hinting at it. I think we're going to get a Mark Henry heel turn. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if that happens tonight. I would, we were watching last night, and we, uh, you know, we had a pretty packed living room, and everyone in the living room was expecting a Mark Henry turn last night. Didn't happen. I think it's coming, but I think those are the two points going forward. What's next for Rusev, and do we get that Mark Henry heel turn? Well, I, as far as those two points go, first of all, I will say that the match was, you know, short and and uh, what it should have been. It was not expected to be a technical re- wrestling classic. Um, as far you know, I'll comment on the Mark Henry heel uh, possible heel turn. I could see that possibly taking place. I don't think that they wanted to have Mark Henry fully cost the Big Show or intentionally cost the Big Show the match because they didn't want Rusev's win over the Big Show to be you know cheapened in any way, shape, or form because they are trying to build Rusev as you know one of their future stars. So having him beat a guy like Big Show and having his character you know. Ha- 
basically having his character become so dominant and, to, and bragging about his dominance among the roster in WWE, getting help for a victory is not going to help his character's cause. So having Mark Henry intentionally cost the big show the match, it, w- it, it wouldn't have been a smart move. And I, I agree with the, the way that they handled it. Do I think Mark Henry could turn heel still from this? Absolutely. I think with Big Show, you know, proclaiming a few weeks ago, Mark, please stay out of this match. Let me do this on my own. And Henry didn't listen, didn't obey, and came down and inadvertently cost Big Show the match with his interference on top of his string of losses against Bo Dallas in tag matches and in singles matches. Yeah, it's about time that Mark Henry eventually blows up at some point. And, that's a Mark Henry that I think is well suited as opposed to being this, you know, goody two shoe all American boy that they tried to portray him as a little over a month ago. Did it work for, against Rusev? Absolutely, but Mark Henry is better suited for being that mean, badass leader of the Hall of Pain. Second point: Where does Rusev go from here? Well, I per- I personally think that because of the finish of the Sheamus Miz match last night, which I got wrong. I thought we were going to see a possible swerve with Miz Dow actually replacing Miz and winning the title, setting up something between the two of them. I think now it's, it's, it's Sheamus and Rusev that should square off. And I think, I mean, how could Rusev not eventually want to, you know, spit in the face of American wrestling fans in, in, in the face of this country by defeating the United States champion? And I think it would be a good collision with him and Sheamus. He's gone through credible opponents to earn himself a title shot in, in, in the context of a storyline. I mean, he's beaten former three former world champions in a row, Jack Swagger, Big Show, and Mark Henry. So why wouldn't he be able to get a title shot at the United States title? So that's where I think that Rusev could go um, after this, after this uh, you know, storyline with Big Show. A third point that you, didn't, that you briefly touched upon, but I will answer this question with my own opinion, is that the guy to beat Rusev, my personal opinion, I think it should be Roman Reigns when he returns. You know, Roman Reigns, he was hot for a while. Then when they kind of forced him into the spotlight when Daniel Bryan got injured and they turned him into a single star, I wouldn't say that he started to lose popularity, but Dean Ambrose was moving up further past Roman Reigns. And I think, you know, the fans needed something for Roman Reigns something to happen to Roman Reigns in order for them to get invested into him as a character for him to move up the ladder and be the guy that they want him to be. And I think this injury has in some ways been a blessing to him because now they got something to, to, to care about as far as Roman Reigns comes. So when he comes back, the people will be more excited to see him come back from this injury. And I think this will also add a little bit of steam to his character that he was the guy to knock off Rusev. So, those, those are my opinions as far as that situation goes with Rusev and his future and what goes on with Mark Henry and Big Show going forward. I agree. I mean, I think the, the Roman Reigns angle is perfect. I mean, I think that works really well uh, using him, come out of the injury, go after Rusev. Um, and I agree with you. I think this, this injury could wind up being a blessing in disguise if it's done correctly. I, I think you got to tweak Roman Reigns a little bit. Um, I, you know, when we've talked about it on the show. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of like a shield reject now and, and Rollins and Ambrose have done a good job at, you know, distancing themselves and, and creating different looks and they have different entrance music. Uh, you know, we get it. It was fun with the shield range. You don't have to come through the crowd anymore. Um, you know, I would love to see him come back and, you know, 
who knows when he's going to come back. But I, I would love to see you know Rusev posturing in the ring and have like a different song hit and the commentator being like, "What the hell is that?" And it's Rain standing on the top of the ramp. Um, and it would just be a good way to kind of tweak what they're doing with him. Uh, I'd like to see him in new ring gear as well. Uh, you know, I think you got to change it up so that this break for Reigns it could really be a blessing in disguise. And I, I love the idea. I think it's a great idea, Dave, that, you know, Reigns be the guy um, that comes back. I mean, you do run that risk, and that's the problem with these guys that they make, uh, you know, indomitable. That, you know, what do you do with them when when they finally get pinned? You know, where are you going to go? And, uh, you know, the, the, the longer, the more guys that Rusev beats, the more unrealistic it comes for certain guys to beat him. Um, so as he runs through the roster, you know, the list of people that would be realistic to beat him gets shorter and shorter. And the name that's always going to come up as far as the first guy to beat him is the All-American boy, John Cena, and I don't think that's going to do any good for Rusev. I, I think uh, losing to a guy like Reigns, as much as Reigns is looking like the heir apparent, um, I don't think that kills Rusev as badly as running through the roster and then losing to Cena. Um, so I like the idea. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what we're going to do, what we're going to see out of Monday Night Raw tonight uh, as far as Rusev goes, but it does, you know, like going back. I mean, you know, everyone likes to look back on, on Goldberg. And as, I mean, Goldberg was, was popular as hell. I mean, he was over, super over uh, with, with his streak. But once he lost, uh, the character at best floundered for the, most of the rest of his career. So, you know, you, you hope at this point, Dave, that whatever they do with Rusev, you know, he's got to get pinned eventually that they do it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, like I like I said earlier, with you know, we don't know when Reigns is coming back. This is just me spitballing here, but I mean, Reigns has has been gone for a while, and it would be a, it would be something to help his further ascend to the ladder by having him be the guy to defeat to to defeat Rusev. He needs a little tweaking of his character. I totally agree with you. Um, you know, maybe get rid of the entrance. Um, you know, I was even thinking along the lines of something like a Goldberg entrance where he's such a badass that, you know, he doesn't need security to protect him. Security needs to protect everybody else from him coming in, you know, into the arena because he's that, he's that much of a badass that he's just going to maul through people and kind of give, maybe give him a little bit of that Goldberg, you know, kind of entrance and, and add that mystique and that aura that he's just some wrecking machine, you know, really, really amp it up with him. Um, as far as, you know, Rusev goes, you know, going forward after a loss, depending on who it is, if it were Reigns, he can still come back and he could still, you know, just tear through guys left and right. I mean, he's a killer. He's a machine. You know, Ivan Drago and Rocky didn't die. Granted, we never saw him again, but I'm sure that, you know, in the context of the story, he probably lived to fight another day and Rusev's going to live to fight another day the same way. So, I don't see this damaging Rusev in any way. I mean, especially the name, especially when you go through the list of guys that he's gone through, that, you know, to, to, to get to this point. But then again, we said the same thing about Ryback a year and a half ago, thinking he was going to be the next big guy, and look what happened. You know, so it's only time will tell. It all depends on, on, on what direction they have for these guys, where they want them to go. Um, like I said earlier, I think Reigns needs a little something added to his character, needs something like this. 
He kind of lost a little bit of steam after the Shield breakup. We thought, you know, you and I, I'm still a, I'm still a Reigns supporter, but I, I thought that, you know, Ambrose was the one that really excelled once the Shield broke up and Reigns just kind of, you know, stayed right where he was. He didn't move up any further. So a different look, different entrance, you know, and maybe even a different, you know, storyline would help him, um, you know, stand out from the rest of the pack. I agree with you. You know, 347-838-9815. You know, usually we wait a little while to go to the phones. we got some people on hold, so why don't we just we'll, – we'll go out a little early. We'll, get, we'll squeeze in a phone call before the news. we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Trivia, how are you doing this evening? Hello? Mr. Trivia, are you there? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. How are you? All right, uh, still uh, still reeling a little bit from this uh, Ox Baker passing, but uh, I just wanted to bring up a little bit of a story. I remember when I first met Ox Baker in 2010 when I was doing my TV show, The Top Rope Report, and he came out with this bull whip and this derby hat, and he cracked the whip on stage, and he said, Mr. Trivia, I got a trivia question for you. Who's the first man to ever throw Andre the Giant over, or who's the only man to ever throw Andre the Giant over the top rope by himself? And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. I said, you know, to be honest with you, Oxy says, I have no idea. He should roll that video I have. He had a video of him throwing Andre the Giant over the top rope. It was like, oh, my Lord, I couldn't believe it. I said, the guy that threw Andre the Giant over the top rope is sitting on my stage. It was amazing. I mean, he was just uh, a larger-than-life individual, and uh, I was glad that I he, that I heard him on your show. He told me he had a great time. He said it was nice to talk with two guys that really, really know the wrestling business, and he said he was proud and he was happy that you guys were able to take his call. And, uh, you know, we're going to go to his service that they're having on uh, November 2nd in De- Danielson, Connecticut. And then uh, we're going to have a little get-together at Wild Bill's Funhouse in Middletown. going to reminisce about Ox. And he's going to be missed by his fans and a lot of his friends in the wrestling public. That's for sure. But uh, I just wanted to bring that little story up and uh, get back to the pay-per-view. I thought the pay-per-view was pretty decent. You know, um, John Cena, well, obviously he won again. And... Uh, Rusev, Dave, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and Ken, I agree with the both of you about, uh, you know, possibly Roman Reigns going against Rusev. I mean, he's kind of running out of people. But, um, you know, if they ever decided to, maybe we could see, you know, Rusev and Lesnar somewhere down the line. That might be an interesting match. Mark Henry going heel would be uh, quite interesting. But uh, I just wanted to get that little story out there about Ox. Uh, thank you guys for mentioning him, and uh, you know, he's going to be missed. Guys, thank you very much for taking my call, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks a lot, Mr. Trivia. We'll right. talk to you. Well, like, thank you, and uh, you know, thanks to Mr. Trivia for giving us a call. Obviously, um, you know, you, know, you can hear it in his voice, very upset at the passing of Ox Baker, and uh, you know, it is. I mean, you know, when you're, you're close to someone like that, uh, you know, you're almost like, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with uh, greatness, you know, and that, that's got to be cool. And obviously, uh, he's going to be missed by Mr. Trivia and, and those close to him. Um, you know, I, I, good call from Mr. Trivia, funny story. Um, you know, Ox Baker was definitely a character. I mean, 
like you said, he called the show and we we flushed the format. I mean, it was couldn't really get much of a word in edgewise, but it was you know it was interesting because you know you, you go back and uh, you know back in the day, uh, you know if you interviewed a wrestler, they they didn't tell you about you know behind the scenes stuff and you didn't get the the curtain peeled back. They they'd stay in character, um, you know. It almost like when we, I don't know if you remember, um, but when we had Ox Baker on the show, it, it reminded me a lot of when the Ultimate Warrior was on Arsenio Hall. And I don't know if you ever saw that, Dave, but I, Ar, Arsenio kept trying to ask a question, and the Warrior was just being the Warrior. And he, he never, like, he kept standing up and running around the, the stage and. He was he was lifting up furniture and and Arsenio didn't know what to do, and uh, I think he was able to ask. He probably asked him more questions than we were able to ask Ox. Um, but it's like you know, back in the day, you, you didn't get to see behind the scenes. Uh, these guys, you know, were their characters. They lived their gimmick, and and Ox definitely did while he was when he was on our show. So again, he'll be sorely missed. Uh, Mr. Trivia, you know, he liked the pay per view. He's he's on the same page with us. Uh, you know, we'll get into it a little later. Uh, he, he did, you know, briefly mention uh, John Cena victorious last night. Um, it would be interesting. You know, it's funny, and, and I'm curious what you think, Dave. Physicality-wise, I agree with them. Lesnar versus Rusev would be very interesting. Uh, just their styles. It would be very interesting, them, in a match. However, you, you would think that you'd have to be turning Lesnar face. Um, so that all would be really down the road and, and, you know, who knows, I mean, they can do it, you know, anyone can turn heel or fail, they can do it. Um, so it would be an interesting matchup, but that would be well down the road if they ever went Lesnar-Rusev. Oh yeah, way well down the road. I mean, there's a lot more, in my opinion, that they would have to do to build up Rusev to even get near a match with Brock Lesnar. I mean, he would have to, let's put it this way, Rusev would probably have to have a run with the belt. In my opinion, um, he would have to, you know, cleanly defeat John Cena, you know, which is which which you know from a story from a booking standpoint, it's hard to do these days. Is to have a clean victory over John Cena unless you are a big name like a Brock Lesnar. So it it would take a lot to build Rusev up to get to that point where he were to have a match with Brock Lesnar. Um, I do agree with you in the sense that they would have to turn him babyface. Because Rusev is, you know, the the Russian sympathizer, and you know, against America. At the same time, though, Brock Lesnar is much bigger than Rusev, and it, going back in in the, in the history of wrestling and some storylines, when you have baby faces that are that are bigger and you know, overwhelmingly bigger than the heels, or and the heels are much smaller guys against the baby faces, it's not too believable. I mean. You know, Shawn Michaels was a bad guy wrestling Diesel for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 11, and Shawn Michaels had his way with Diesel most of that match, and it wasn't that believable because Diesel was supposed Diesel was a bigger, stronger, more powerful wrestler than Shawn Michaels, and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense from that standpoint. But a year later, when they turned Diesel heel and Shawn Michaels was the babyface and the roles were reversed, it made much more sense. So that's kind of that's kind of a difficult one for me because I couldn't put 
I couldn't believe that Brock Lesnar being the baby face in that situation could, you know, could have a hard time with, you know, dealing with a guy like Rusev. That's just, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overthinking it, but just to me, it, it has some intrigue to it, but not as much as, as Mr. Trivia. Interesting. Like I said, I, I look at that, and you're right, you know, Lesnar being bigger. I just look and inter- like if wrestling was real, you know, like I would love to see the two of them just get in the ring and mix it up. But, yeah, I think a lot of other things are going to happen. Like you said, a lot of other things are going to have to happen before uh, we see Rusev Lesnar. Um, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to get to your phone calls. In a little bit, we got a lot to get into as far as the rest of the pay-per-view. You know, a lot of stuff went down that's, that looks like it's going to resonate for a, a little while. But some seeds were planted last night. We're going to get, of course, to your calls and get you all set for Monday Night Raw this evening. But first, we got to do it each and every week. Right now, it is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the illustrious return. That's right, Blog Talk Radio. They were hating on the Ken Reedy show. Well, now we're back and the illustrious return of the Day 5 News Report. Our top story this week. Word on the main streets of the IWC. That's the internet wrestling community for some of you that don't know. Now you know. WWE has plans to drop the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in 2015. According to Reddit.com user MetsFanForever, well, Christ, I don't know how proud you are to be a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan. I'm not really that proud to be one. <laughs> Who has a history of publicly spoiling finishes to pay-per-view matches according to his or her sources in WWE. The company looks to replace the pay-per-view with a new concept called WWE Fastlane. Elimination Chamber since 2010 has been a regular pay-per-view event in the month of February. PWInsider.com now follows up this news reporting that Fastlane will indeed take place in February 2015 instead of the Elimination Chamber, but Elimination Chamber will not be scrapped altogether. Looks as though Elimination Chamber will still be a WWE pay-per-view fixture, but in the month of June. With only one WWE World Heavyweight Champion, the company does not want to lose focus of the Royal Rumble winner in January challenging the champ at WrestleMania. And and with Elimination Chamber being a pit stop on the road to WrestleMania, the company would much rather use the Elimination Chamber concept to build towards a title match at SummerSlam instead and not take away any build towards WrestleMania. Our second story this week. Global Force Wrestling founder Jeff Jarrett met with Ring of Honor head honcho Joe Koff last week to discuss the Ring of Honor talent that are working the huge New Japan Pro Wrestling show on January 4, 2015. Ring of Honor has a clause in talent contracts that prohibits any talent from appearing on rival promotions' pay-per-views. Well, Global Force Wrestling is co-promoting this New Japan Pro Wrestling show and advertising it as the group. Global Force Wrestling pay-per-view debut. Jarrett allegedly spoke with Koff to smooth over the details before an announcement formally can be made as to what talent will appear on the show. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that another item discussed in this meeting was the possibility of Ring of Honor and Global Force Wrestling co-promoting upcoming events. It's been well known that Jarrett has made numerous partnerships with promotions 
all over the world in anticipation of the debut of his upstart Global Force Wrestling. Speaking of GFW, PWInsider.com reports that the promotion may have found its new home to produce weekly television as Las Vegas, Nevada looks to be the destination for Global Force Wrestling action. Similar to the partnership TNA had with Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, the promotion has allegedly met with three different venues to host television and live events. As of right now, Global Force Wrestling is still seeking out television partners to air their future programming. Our fourth story, according to PWInsider.com, once again, WWE social media manager Cody Barbieri is gone from the company. This is the same individual who, back in August of this year, was involved in a physical altercation with Alberto Del Rio, which led to Del Rio's release several days later. Barbieri allegedly made a racial remark to Del Rio, which caused Del Rio to slap Barbieri. It's been said within WWE that Barbieri left the company a month ago, and it was only until last week that most within WWE knew he was gone, as the company put up a new job posting looking to fill his position. The reason for his exit is still unknown, but Barbieri is now working as an independent social media consultant. And our fifth and final story this week, rounding out the Days 5 News report, it looks as though the WWE Performance Center may be seeing a new face around the facility. The Undertaker was spotted at last week's NXT taping, telling people he will be assisting the developmental programs as an advisor. Word going around the company is that he will be in Orlando on a limited basis from time to time to help out and offer advice. Many have wondered if this means we have seen the last of the dead man in a WWE ring. And there you have it, folks. That was the most informative news report in the history of the Day 5 News Report. Only to be heard every single Monday night right here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, take it away. That's crazy. I mean, could you imagine just... I mean, you have so many legends that, that probably float in and out of the... Uh, performance center but imagine being like you know an indie guy that you get signed and so you get to go start training at the performance center and then like taker walks in and it's just got to be like just awe-inspiring you know it's interesting because you know i've been hearing story you know last a couple of weeks ago uh the wrestler formerly known as eugene nick dinsmore he was a uh developmental trainer down there he was just let go and then last week i read that Former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Scrap Iron Adam Pierce um, had a three-day, uh, you know, tryout to be a trainer down there. So I mean, they look for the best of the best to be involved in their in their uh, you know in their developmental program. They really have invested a lot of money into this. And having a guy like the Undertaker is, is it, I mean, if it, if it were my company, if I were the guy that was you know signing the checks and running the place, I, I'd get anybody I possibly could that had name recognition. And, and drew money to have any kind of involvement whatsoever in the developmental system. So it's you know it's it's nothing but an, a gain for the talent that that they're down there training to have the Undertaker just you know in an advisory role. I you know and it's funny man. I mean I'm curious and this will be probably a discussion for a later date. But you know I'm 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 okay with with Taker being done. I'm, I'm at peace with it. <laughs> You know, as much as you know, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to go to, you know, every WrestleMania now since '25. Um, 
I think this was the the era. I mean, probably a couple beforehand, but the past like five, six, seven years is really where the streak became a big deal. Um, you know, the, some of the best matches of the streak happened over the past few years. I feel very fortunate as a wrestling fan to be able to have seen a bunch of those live. Um, you know, I, I, you know, he's been such a part-time guy over the past few years. If he's going to hang it up and go to the performance center, uh, I'm okay with it. You know, good for him. He had a great career, bonafide Hall of Famer. Um, you now it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, Dave. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I. I I agree with you in a, a large sense that if he were to walk away and never return, uh, you know, to in-ring action at a WrestleMania, I would be okay with it. At the same time, with all the contributions and the things that he's done for the wrestling industry, I, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to see send-offs, likes to see some finality, you know, and a send-off with him, I think, would be fantastic, you know, done properly for him. Um I, mean, I do agree with you. You know, I've been fortunate enough to see some of the greatest matches that you know he's been involved in in this streak. Uh, it's it's funny that you mention it because uh, you've said this before on the show, and 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, if that image, you know, yesterday before I was, before Hell in the Cell went on the air, I was watching some of my personal favorite Hell in the Cell matches, and one of them was the end of an era Hell in the Cell in Miami at WrestleMania 28. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be there. Um, probably the, the, the most fun I've ever had in one single wrestling match was during that match with him and Triple H, Shawn Michaels as the referee, and that image that you discussed where the three of them are standing on the ramp and it says 20-0 behind the sign, and, they're, and they, the announcers are talking about it at the end of an air, and you see all three of them arm-in-arm arm walking out together. If that's how he ended it, that would have been perfect. That would have been absolutely perfect. And... Uh, you know, I understand why they kind of gave him CM Punk. They wanted to build Punk up. They wanted to give Punk something special for WrestleMania. Um, I didn't. I mean, the, the, I don't want to see him go the way that he went out this year. I mean, he had a concussion the first few minutes in the match, and you know, the, the match with him and Lesnar was just—it was just completely flat. And I don't want to see him go out like that. But unfortunately, at the same time, I mean, if his body can't take it anymore, I don't want to see him come back another year so they could try and draw money only for him to not be able to perform up to the standards of what he can perform at. So if he were to come out on Raw or at a pay-per-view and say, I'm done, this is it, and it's over, I would be okay with it. I mean, I truly would. But at the same time, I'd want to see, like, a send-off from Maybe next year at WrestleMania, they don't put him in a one-on-one match. They tag him up with Kane, and they have, like, a tag team match against a couple of guys, you know, and, and that's his final send-off, or, or, or I don't know. But, I mean, there really hasn't been a whole lot of discussion about if he's going to come back because his health is in terrible shape. And another point that I'll bring up to end this Undertaker conversation is that his pictures have been showing up a lot lately on social media, being, you know, publicly taking pictures of fans at, like, charity events um, on his wife, Michelle McCool's Instagram. You know, when Undertaker was an active wrestler, you didn't see a lot, if any, pictures of him behind the scenes, you know, in his private life, you know, made public. And that, to me, is a, is a telling sign that we may see, we may have seen the last match The Undertaker ever wrestled in New Orleans at WrestleMania 30 this past April. 
Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it's fun to speculate. And, you know, you love this show because you never know what kind of tangent we can go on. And, you know, big fans of The Undertaker here, so we'll see what happens. But let's let's pull it back. It's Hell in a Cell reaction getting us ready for Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, lots of interesting things happening on, on the pay-per-view. And we have some people that have been on hold very patiently, so we're going to go right back out to the phones. And we got Tony on the line. Tony, how you doing this evening? Doing all right. Doing okay. Oh, man. So what'd you what'd you think of the pay per view last night? I thought it was a pretty solid show. I thought the uh, I'm glad that the show actually ended with Ambrose and Rollins because it was uh, like a big deal about you know it's like which cell match was going to go on last and it was like you know so I'm just kind of glad that that went on last. Uh, I thought I I, I it was might have been, like match might have been a little shorter than the other one but I, I thought that it was a good match you know it's like a, the the the, uh, the two of them go through the announce tables it was a crazy spot. And, I gotta say, part of part of me was actually worrying that they were gonna pull, do that. They were actually gonna not have the match. It's like, oh my god, this is gonna be the main event, and this is like, you're not gonna have the match. I thought they were gonna bait and switch us again, like they did a few months ago. But no, I did, you know, thankfully that didn't happen. We got it on. You know, they, I thought it was a really fun match or a fun brawl or whatever. I thought the Wyatt stuff was kind of goofy, but you know, you know it, it wasn't really like it wasn't. It, it wasn't. I don't know. That, I saw the lights go out. I thought I thought I thought there was something wrong with my uh, with my uh, streaming or whatever. I'm like, what the That's hell is going on here? What's all this rush? Dave, Dave and I were talking before the show, and and Dave thought the same thing. And I had a living room full of people, and we all thought something went wrong. Um, and it was just like they. I, I mean, which is cool. They kind of you know pulled the wool over our eyes for a bit, kind of threw us a curveball. Um, you know, yeah, it's a little hokey, but it's wrestling. I mean, those type of characters always have hokey type things. I mean, you know, go, I mean, Taker, you know, we just got through talking about Taker. You know, Kane still can set all four ring posts on fire just by dropping his hands. So, you know, there is, there's always those kind of characters who always had the, the hokiness. I mean, it's not quite as bad as, you know, Papa Shango. Um, but, uh, yeah, I get it. It was a little hokey. I, it was funny because immediately when I saw, like, the, the kind of hologram floating there, I, I thought Star Wars. I, I just was saying, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, our only hope. Um, but I, I thought, like, the spot in the beginning of the match was cool. I thought it was a good match. Um, and I thought overall, you know, dare I say, even the, the Bellas, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't absolute garbage. Okay, It wasn't a great match, but it was short. They 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 kept it short and it was it was somewhat entertaining. So I don't think you at any point in the paper you were like, oh my god, that was absolutely terrible. They 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 got through that match quick enough where you weren't like, oh god, just ended already. So I thought you had some some real solid matches and you know the two cell matches. I agree with you, Tony. I think it was a real good sign um, and and the smart move to put uh, Ambrose and Rollins on last and make that the main event. But I did think. Cena and Orton put on a very good match in the cell. Yeah, I did too. That was very, yeah, that was really that was probably one of the better uh, Cena Orton matches I've seen, you know, that I've uh, I've seen. You know, it was really good. It was like it was like a twenty five minute match. It was really yeah, yeah. I thought they I thought they really uh, they really went all out on that. You know, last night. I mean, I had a feeling Cena was going to win since he's got a you know you know winner gets. Lesnar again for the belt, but it was. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. Even like I said, the Bella match too wasn't wasn't uh, as 
it was better than I thought it would be going in, you know, you know going into it. Uh, but even Cesaro and Ziggler too, uh, that was a good match. The only thing is like they had Cesaro lose two straight falls, so it's like now it's like, you know, whatever momentum. It's like they they yank his momentum again. So it's. I, yeah, I don't it's know weird, man. You know, we're we're all, you know, I mean, I think everyone, you know, most people call in, and Dave and I were big Cesaro fans, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I thought it was a good match, and it was it was one of those weird kind of things that I was I was happy for Ziggler because Ziggler is very talented, also, and and winning two straight falls helps Ziggler. It, it helps that championship belt. I mean, those are the good things to come out of it. Um, however, you know, what happened to Cesaro is, is not so good. So it, it was a real good match, but I had mixed feelings coming out of out of the result because I thought it was real good for Ziggler, but uh, you, you you still sort of wonder exactly what they're doing with Cesaro. What do you think, Dave? Um, it, it was I, I enjoyed the match. I was hoping it would go a third fall, but um, because of the promo that took place on SmackDown where – Cesaro basically said Ziggler was a fluke and he couldn't beat him again. I think the, the, the two straight falls in a row by Ziggler was the exclamation point to kind of prove to Ziggler he's not a, you know, not a fluke, or to prove to Cesaro that Ziggler is not a fluke. Um, I would like to have seen it go a little bit longer, but it was a good match. It was a good way to open up the pay-per-view, set a good tempo. I'm, I'm a big fan of both guys, so I was kind of torn. I was going to you know be the winner out of it in any way, shape, or form because they're both two guys I really enjoy watching, but you know, like you guys said, you know, Cesaro started the year off, you know, winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Then we could possibly see him become a babyface, becomes a Paul Heyman guy, has a little run with Heyman, and then you know they, they take him off of Heyman with no real reason, and then he just does nothing. It's just, it's just you know, mind-boggling. I mean, I, I wasn't you know the biggest fan of him going with Heyman in the first place, but. You know, if you're going to put him with him, at least have some sort of commitment, some sort of plan, and then you just get rid of him just like that. I just didn't really care for it too much. But they've added more credibility to the Intercontinental Championship. By They've even named it the most prestigious. If you watch the pre-show, Alex Riley, this is the most prestigious title in WWE currently, right in front of Paul Heyman, who is, you know, the, the, the advocate for the WWE champion Brock Lesnar. So, um, you know, all good things for the for the for a mid card championship like the Intercontinental Title, but I would like to have seen the match go a little bit longer. But other than that, it was it was still it was still good and fun to watch. It definitely was, yeah. And even, even Ziggler, uh, Ziggler on I think it was on SmackDown or whatever. He actually said in a promo that the IC belt was the most prestigious belt too. So he actually said it. He said it too in a promo. Uh, the other match, you know, the other one that I thought was good, you know, the tag match was good. Uh, I thought that there was a lot of good stuff there. The only thing is, like, who's, you know, there aren't any other teams besides those two. And, um, you, the, and, uh, the other one, and Sheamus and Miz was, uh, it was solid. Miz Dow was, I, it, it, I really, I'm really, you know, really enjoying his, uh, his, you know, his, his performance. I think, yeah, I think, you know, him doing everything that, you know, Miz does or whatever, you know, outside the ring and all that stuff. I, I, I just found it to be really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, it, it's cool. And whenever you have like a, a group of people over, it's fun because you can really gauge, um, you know how other people react. Like it's not just your opinion, and the whole living room was cracking up. I mean, everything that Miz Dow was doing. I mean, when when he leaned on the bottom rope and and was was taking the forearm shots, uh, like uh, imaginary imaginary forearm shots as Miz was taking them in the ring. 
I, I was just cracking up. I mean, it was just hilarious, and it's it's a fun comic relief thing, and and I think it's a good spot for Miz. Uh, you know, Miz Dow is is definitely stealing the show, but you know, I, I I'm just enjoying it. It's fun. It's 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 a fun thing to stick in for comic relief, and uh, you know, at some point you figure they're gonna split up. Uh, Ms. Dow and Ms. I don't know how Ms. is feeling that uh, the crowd is chanting for Ms. Dow, um, but everything, even what he did at the end of the match, um, I, I just find like that that uh, Sandow is coming up with more and more uh, clever ways to be the the stunt double, and and I agree with you. I, as as stupid as it is, and if I had to explain this to a non wrestling fan, they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" I am finding it entertaining. What do you think of Ms. Dow, Dave? I oh it it was yeah I, I same thing it was hilarious it was funny I mean just some of the things he does everything even the Miz Dow TV segment that they had on the pre-show where he was interviewing Miz but when Miz would talk he was mimicking Miz I mean just he's on point with everything and and my prediction was if you read the Facebook post on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page was that somehow Miz Dow was going to replace Miz and win the belt and Miz was going to take credit and then you set up a rift between the two of them. I thought that would have been interesting, but they went a different route. Um, the post-match stuff was pretty funny. Um, I mean, is, at, at some point, I think they're going to acknowledge the Miz Dow chance and we may see a babyface turn for Damian Sandow against the Miz, hopefully, and maybe we'll see... Sandow's career in WWE and his push get back on track. Tony, great show tonight. Thanks. What happened? Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, he's been a very entertaining character. Yeah, even that Miss TV segment. Yeah, that, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, that was really good. You know, I mean, he, he's like I say, he's supposed to be the stunt double, but he's getting, he's more over, I, you know, he's more over than the Miz is. You know, I mean, uh, this at this point, it's not even close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and um, yeah, even as far as like like the other what was it, the big show Rusev, it was alright. It was good. It was it it was good to you know good to, you know I guess more of an angle than a match, but you know I mean I knew Rusev was going to win, and uh, I yeah the, the Mark Henry heel turn. I mean you know it's like it's it that's definitely I mean I could definitely see that coming. You know this uh, I thought we were going to do it last night, but uh, I don't know. I was. <laughs> They just—they're still waiting to do that. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see if we do it tonight or what to do. But Tony, yeah, good stuff again. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Let's let's hope for a good Monday Night Raw. They set up a lot of stuff. Uh, hopefully, get a good one. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy, brother. Let's stick with the phones because Mike's been on hold for a little while. Let's get Mike on. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Good, guys. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing all right. So, what'd you think of the pay per view last night? Well, well, before we get to the pay per view, I just want to talk one second about Ox Baker. Um, I met Ox Baker in 2009 at um, at a, a fan fest that Just Incredible was having, and he was very cool, Ox Baker. You know, him and I sat. We know the same. We kind of know the same people. So, I was talking to him about them, and he told me about the time when he slammed Andre the Giant. Um, he slammed onto the Giants, and and he said Aaron was the first one to do it. You know, it's very you know very nice. So with with that, I uh, when I was living up in Connecticut, we used to go to the same Burger King, and he used to be sitting there, and he knew me, and he remembered my face, 
And he remembered me, and he would say to me, every time I walked in there, he would say, hey, did I ever tell you the time I slammed Andre the Giant? Did I ever tell you the time I slammed Andre the Giant? So one day, my ex and I walked in there, and, and he had a nephew with him, and, uh, and, and he said, did I ever tell you the time I slammed Andre the Giant? So I said, yeah, but you know what, Ox, I want you to tell me again. He had the whole, he had everybody that walked in there was listening to his story. I think people were late for work that day. Well, it was just an amazing, he was just an amazing man. You know, all these wrestlers out there, they, when, they, when they sell their stuff, they sell their stuff high-priced, you know. His, his autograph was five bucks, you know. His T-shirt was ten bucks. It was, it, was, it was nice. And one thing I liked about Ox Baker, he knew how to work the ladies. Like when that day, when, when we were all hanging out that day, he was taking pictures with uh, ODB and he was taking pictures with Ivory and all the, you know, and all the girls and Missy Hyatt. And he would ask Missy to like to bend down and where he would tell Missy that she dropped something. It was just a, a funny thing. And Missy Hyatt fell for it every time. It was pretty, uh, pretty funny by Ox and, uh, you know, those, those, those are my those are my memories of Ox Baker. He was just a great guy. And one one guy he really touched is a uh, independent wrestler, Joseph um, Schmidt. He really touched that guy's life. You know, this guy. I, I don't know if you have him on your Facebook, but he is a tremendous wrestler. You, I'm sure you guys have heard of him. He's really good. Anyway, this guy really loved Ox Baker, and you know what? Ox Baker's looking down on him and. Ox Baker smiling on him. I know. I I know it. But that's my Ox Baker story for tonight. Very good, uh, cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, unfortunately, I mean, I had the limited experience of just having him on the show. So I never got the chance to meet him, but uh, it seems mm. like people who did know him. He definitely touched their lives in a very. He popular. was a bounce. He was also a bouncer at a at a club I used to go to, and oh, I really? used to see him. Yeah, and I used to see him there, like like you know, ba- you know, back in back in a, a while before I had gone to that fan fest with Just Incredible, and he and he would always sell his promo picks, and uh, I think I think he drew a friend of mine out of the bar one night, and he gave him a picture and told him never to come back. Oh God, you gotta love you gotta love wrestling because you get some good. You get some good stories. Um, and Ox Baker also did the heart punch, which a lot of people duplicated through the years. So, yes, he did. So, it, yeah, it. last night's pay-per-view, we're going to move on to last night's pay-per-view. Last night's pay-per-view was great. <laughs> I, I I, wouldn't uh, – I give it a B plus because I want some title changes. There was no title changes. Um, I also thought that the, the first match was really good, and – um, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's funny uh, that, you know, this guy, I don't know, what's his name? Dolph Ziggler is in a submission hold, and then from there it's, it becomes a superplex. It's like crazy. I mean, you know, and, and there's no, you know, two out of three falls goes right to them. There's no, they didn't give the, the other fall to Cesaro. It's, I don't know, it's a, it's a good booking match when you give the other guy a third fall, at least, you know, then you have, it's all tied up. But I, I thought that Dolph Ziggler looked very strong, and I thought Cesaro looked very strong. I mean, Dolph Ziggler kicking out of the forearm, I mean, the uppercut, unbelievable. It, it, it just, just, uh, just crazy, just boggles my mind. It's funny, man, you said that, because, like, 
when I was going through my picks for for the pay-per-view last night, and honestly, when I went through like my picks, I had initially in my head before I posted on Facebook, I thought Ziggler was going to win. But when I looked at all my picks, I was like, wow, my picks don't have any titles changing hands. And I went back and I'm like, eh, all right, I, I would if I had to bet one of the titles changing, I was like, Cesaro comes out victorious. So I changed my pick purely based on, oh, at least one title has to change hands. And lo and behold, that was not the case last night. You're right. And, you know, in a pay-per-view, I mean, it's, it's cool in a way that it maintains some consistency. But, yeah, I thought there'd be at least one title change. Um, and, and there was not. Um, Didn't you think you know, Cesaro was going to win one fall? Sorry. I did. I thought he would win one fall. I mean, it's you know, I thought it was cool because, again, I thought it, it threw us a curveball. You know, almost every time you have a two out of three falls match, you have them split the first two falls, and then you have the deciding fall. So, on one hand, I thought it was cool because he won, you know, Ziggler won two falls. I, I just, like I said, uh, you know, to an earlier caller, I, I the one thing with that match I thought it was really good, and I thought a lot of positive came out of that for Ziggler. I agree with you. I thought Ziggler looked great. He looked strong. Uh, winning two falls in a row against a guy like Cesaro helps Ziggler look stronger. It makes the belt look stronger. It's all positive. It's just what are they doing with Cesaro? That's that's the negative that comes out of that match. Great match. Both guys performed well. Um, but storyline-wise, you just wonder what exactly they're going to do with Cesaro. So, Mess a positive for for Ziggler, not so much for uh, Cesaro. One you know, one match we haven't touched upon yet, and I'm curious uh, your take on the match. What did you think of the tag team championship match, Mike? I thought the tag team championship match was, was good. I thought that I thought that the Usos and Goldust and Stardust have a great they have a great chemistry. You know, when you see all four. Um, guys in the ring like that, and they move like that, and they kind of know each other. They all know each other, what they're doing. Um, I thought it was a good match. Again, I, I, another match I thought, I mean, I knew they weren't going to win the titles, but I like to see a title change, um, you know, uh, for, for an, I, I think they hold on to the belt. I think they're going to hold on to the belt a while. But I thought that match was going to have legs. I mean, it's a good, you know, they're, they're you know, he's over. I mean, Stardust, Cody Rhodes can pull it off. I mean, you know, in, in a time where you really don't need a Stardust, you have a Stardust. You know, like Goldust, when he first came, his character was edgy, and, and, and nobody knew where he was coming from. And, you know, he wanted to break out of his father's shadow. You know, Cody Rhodes was never really in his daddy's shadow. Cody was in his brother's shadow to me. And, you know, and, and that's, uh, you know, all in, all in all, I thought it was a great match. I would agree. I think that, you know, you got two teams that, uh, you know, four guys that grew up in the business that uh, really know tag team wrestling. And, and, I, and I'm glad they turned the, the Dust Brothers heel. Um, I'm enjoying it right now, and I thought that was a real solid match. Your thought on, on the tag match, Dave? It was a fun match. You know, like Mike said, I totally agree. The Usos and uh, Golden Stardust, they have great chemistry together, and it made for a great tag team match. It was a great match just like last month. Usos have really been the backbone of the tag team division since they finally let them, you know, really come out of their shell within the past, you know, year and a half, almost two years now. So um, I, the only thing that, that concerns me going forward is 
who are you going to have challenge for the belts? Because there really aren't that many teams anymore. If you think about it, I mean, the Shield, you know, had a great combination with Rollins and Reigns. That that's not a unit anymore. Um, you know, not saying the three and B was a great team, but if you built them up to be something, they would have been a team. Who do you got? Los Matadors and Slater Gator. Um, you know, the Wyatt, I don't even know what they what, where, where where they stand. I mean, Harper and Rowan have apparently been set free, but. They still show them with in the same vignette with Bray Wyatt. I mean, are they still a unit? Are they together? Are they separate? Are they a family? But the, but Harper and Rowan aren't a tag team anymore. You know, I don't know. I just I, I to me, I have a personal feeling that the Ascension from NXT, Victor and Connor, are going to come up, and they'll probably be the next challengers for uh, Golden Stardust for the tag team titles. The one thing the the one thing that I I had a problem with last night. And this is and this is the greatest thing. If Daniel Bryan is listening, when you're in bed with with Brie Bella, do me a favor and teach her how to put the yes lock on, and 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 do it the right way. And do it the right way. I mean, come on, you're gonna have her do the yes lock, and and it's not even on right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Like that was one part of that match where all of us were like. Oh, that's ugly. Oh, that's you said ugly. That was like that was like that was like the, the, the I, I've never ever seen anyone do it like that. I mean, that was once you put it on backwards, it was horrible. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're 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 dating you're dating one of the everyone dating. Sorry, you're married to to you know one of the greatest wrestlers today. You know, uh, come on, at least I bet you if Nikki can, if, I bet you John. Tina told Nikki how to do the um, FT, it, FTS. I don't know, man. Like, I, I had this image in that matchup of, like, Daniel Bryan sitting at home Ooh. watching the pay-per-view and just putting his head in his hands and shaking his head. Like, oh. Well, he was talking to Josie, the dog. He said, see, Josie, look at Mommy. She's flopping. This is ridiculous. Hey, look at that. As I'm watching uh, the WWE Network, we were going to – so I wouldn't be surprised we get that turn we talked about. There's going to be a tag team match, the Dust Brothers versus Mark Henry and Big Show tonight. So I was thinking that. I was thinking about. I was thinking about that. You were thinking that, that, that. I think Goldust and, and Stardust hold on to the belts, and that's where you get your turn. I think so. I I, I think you're right. It it uh, I was I was going to see it last night. Actually, you know what was kind of funny? I thought that Big Show was going to knock out Mark Henry last night. Like you know, as a frustration, like you're you know, like you're trying to help me up, and here I am punching you right in the face. I can't I can't knock out um you know I can't knock out Rusev. I mean, come on. Hey, when you were in sauna with the with the two Russians, did they talk about Rusev? Wait, I didn't talk to. It, it was fun. It's like you know. I mean, it, it's weird when you go to the gym and people are. And I was, I just, I was in there, and there were two guys in in the the sauna. First off, that had to sit on complete opposite sides, but were engaged in conversation. And I happened to be sitting in the middle of them, so I was stuck between like them as they're conversing. And they finally <laughs> left, and that's when the the Rusev guy just looked at me and he's like. Uh, I stuck in the middle there. I was like, oh yeah, it was, uh, you know, and we just kind of chuckled, and then they went off and started talking, ru- talking Russian. So yeah, and then, and, and, and then Homeland Security, Rusev versus Homeland Security. Homeland Security. Yeah. That's great. That's, you gotta, you gotta love home, Homeland. Security. Yeah, I love Homeland Security talk. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I've never been in the gym. I mean, I've been in the gym, but I've never been in the gym, and I've never went into a sauna, so I wouldn't even know. But you have you have fans of the show. I know because I'm one of them, and 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 I constantly am am trying to get more fans of your show. This Sunday is is coming up. It's going to be UWA Elite presents Brawl for It All, 105 Summer Hill Road, Spotswood, um, New Jersey. And here's the catch: it starts at one o'clock. They're going to have a 30-man Royal Rumble, and it's all free. So if you go to uwaelite.com, you could uh, you could see how you could go about to get to get into the show it's it, it's uh it's free it's it's uh it's going to be a good show and, I, and and you know what's funny i got invited to go so i might be making my first appearance at a wrestling event in over almost a year now so you know wow. to get back in the yeah to get back in the swing of things and just 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 been informed today that november 15th japw if you guys, you've probably heard of JAPW. They're a very big organization. JAPW.net, um, they're going to do their 18th anniversary, November 15th. Team Angle is going to be getting back together for that night. They're going to be there. Samoa Joe is going to be there. AJ Styles is going to be there. Matt Sedal, Sedal, he's going to be there. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a big event with those um with those two right there. But this Sunday, it's a, a UWA Elite um, ball for it all. Very cool. Mike, thanks so for the call. So what did you think of Bray Wyatt last? Hey, what did you think of Bray Wyatt? Did you guys watch the replay? i seen Bray Wyatt sitting there. Did you see him? See Bray Wyatt uh, where, at the end of the pay-per-view? No, he was sitting with the fans. He was sitting with the that. fans. I saw a picture of that. Was that him sitting with the fans, or was that like yes, a Yes, it was him. Like no, that was him. It was not him. It was somebody. I don't think it was him. him. It was not him. They said it was him. They said, and I seen, and I and I seen him. Who, who's what? they? Who said it was him? The internet. I I, I believe everything the that internet? I hear on the internet. You believe everything on the internet? Okay. Yeah, well, I I wrote Mike Ferraris, and that's on the internet. I mean, maybe not. Oh, but what'd you guys think of that? I mean, that was crazy stuff. I, you know, I'm glad you brought it up, and we really haven't we we touched upon it, but we haven't really dissected it. So why I'm here? That's why I'm here tonight. Um, I like. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You know, the internet kind of crapped on the end of it. I I was okay with it, and and I I can see both sides. Um, you know, and then it, it was one of those things where. They led us to believe that this was going to be the blow-off match between Ambrose and Rollins. It's all leading to this. And they threw us a curveball. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that it came out of left field. Um, You know, there was something different. Um, It got me very excited because the idea of of Ambrose and Wyatt uh, promoing against each other, I think, is going to be incredibly entertaining. I mean... Arguably two of the best right now as far as cutting promos. Um, I didn't see it coming at all, uh, so I thought that was neat. Um, a little hokey, yeah, I get it. If you're one of those wrestling fans that needed to see a, a real finish, all right, I get like why you wouldn't have liked that, but 
I thought you got a real solid, entertaining matchup. Uh, you have a, a rivalry that you can revisit between Ambrose and Rollins at this point. And now you got something that finally, and we've been clamoring for it, finally we got Wyatt inserted into something relevant. So I'm How cool did he get in there? That's crazy, right? A hell in a cell. He's under the ring. He's under the ring. He's been under the ring. I, who knows how long he was under the ring. Your thoughts, Dave, <laughs> though, on, on the end of that match? I'm I'm kind of you know fifty fifty on it here and here. Let me explain. You know, indulge you for a moment. First off, um, I agree with you, Ken. Yes, this inserts Wyatt into something and makes him relevant because, to be quite honest with you, like I didn't really feel that that creative juice that he had in the John Cena rivalry um, when he was when he was feuding with Chris Jericho uh, this past summer. I just didn't really feel it. It just felt kind of forced um, for. For an event that you and I have discussed on this show for being so watered down and a concept of being so watered down as in the Hell in a Cell, and for years we've talked about how at every Hell in a Cell pay-per-view they just throw matches together inside Hell in a Cell for the sake of putting them in Hell in a Cell with no real build-up and no real reason to have the match take place inside. You know, the build-up was not great for this pay-per-view, but... Having Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins with the with the with the storyline that they had that started in June when Rollins turned on him and turned on the Shield and the build up to Ambrose getting a piece of Rollins each and every time and Rollins running away that match in the last several years probably since the Hell in a Cell pay per view became a regular thing was the only match that warranted being inside Hell in a Cell and it was built up so well the past several months that. People were expecting a blow-off to it. People were expecting, as I would like to put it, some finality it, it, with the, with the storyline. I mean, they made it so important that they put it on last as the main event. And I think it was a smart move considering you didn't have Brock Lesnar, the champion, defend the mm-hmm. title on the pay-per-view. It was a very smart move, in my opinion, to have them go on last. And it shows that they are building towards the future by letting those two guys go on an important show like that and an important match on last. The match was great. It had shades of the Attitude Era. There was little sprinkles of, of, of different Hell in the Cells in it. When they started it on top of the cage, it was reminiscent to the Mankind Undertaker Hell in the Cell. When they did the bump off the side of the cage through the tables, it was reminiscent to the Shawn Michaels bump in 1997. You just saw that hatred that Ambrose had for Rollins. He was going to do whatever it took inside the cell for that, you know, for, for him to finally get his revenge that – I think that in some ways there needed to be some, you know, a payoff to it. The stuff with Wyatt, I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, it, it, it reintroduced him on the TV in a big way and made him relevant in storylines again. And I think it was, I think all of that was done to protect all three guys. One, give Wyatt something relevant to do. Two, Rollins is Mr. Money in the Bank. Yes, he's been ducking Ambrose forever, but if he loses, what happens after that? And three... Ambrose now, yes, he could have beaten Rollins and he could have gone and moved on to something else, but Ambrose at the same time also, they needed to find a better way to get him into his next program after this because he had done so much with Rollins for the past several months on TV that it just wouldn't have, it, it just wouldn't have, it would, I don't know, it just wouldn't have, trans, he wouldn't have transitioned well. So I think this was a good transition for him, and I think the, the, the mic work between the two is going to be awesome. Um, I, I believe the matches are going to be good, and they're building towards the future. They're protect- they were protecting all three guys, and they were letting them perform on the spotlight on the main stage. 
um, you know, of a pay-per-view, and I thought it was good all around. I, I see both sides of it, but I'm not as negative about it as some people are, um, you know, especially the Internet. And the Internet's a small portion of, of the wrestling fan base, but I'm not really as negative about it as a lot of people are. What do you guys think about Jamie Noble, um, you know, uh, being in the story in 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 the storyline, and Joey Matthews being in the storyline? What do you think about those two guys? I I think it works. I would. I mean, it, it's you know, it's a revisiting of the Stooges. You know, it's a it's a fun little thing. Uh, you know, it works for the authority. Um, you know, I. I you know, I, I don't think it's 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 pivotal, but it's it's entertaining. I think it works uh, for the storytelling. Um, you know, and you got two guys that are, you know, are are kind of like the Stooges, but a little younger than the Stooges were, so they can get involved uh, physically a little more. So, I'm enjoying. Mike, what do you think of of those two guys? You mean Dave or Mike? Oh me, uh, I, I like. You asked us. What do you think? Well, that's all right. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Someone, ahead, Dave. what do you think of them? Oh, uh, well, uh, well, I, I think they're, I think they're good. I think they help out. I think they're, they're, you know, they did very, they did very good last night. Distract, trying to distract. Um, they took a hell of a beating, I could tell you that. And then it looked like they were going to throw Ambrose off the cage, and then, you know, just pivotal, pivotal last night that the two of them are dangling, you know. Uh, you know, from the cage, and you see, you could see JBL getting up and moving back. I mean, it was the stupidest thing. I mean, you know, you knew it was coming when they fell off the cage. But I, I think it works with them. I think it's good. they're going to be a short, probably a short role. But I, I, I think they're interesting. I mean, first I had to real, remember who the hell they were in the you know the beginning. Jamie Noble, I liked him a little bit, and and Matthews, I liked him a little bit, and you know, I, I don't know. See, Mike, Mike, thanks for the call tonight. Hopefully we get, you know, a lot of seeds are planted uh, last night. Hopefully get a kick-ass yeah, Monday I, Night Raw I tonight. Think we're gonna have, I think we're going to have Rollins and, and Orton coming up, I think. I think that's where they're going next. I think that's where they're going to be going next. And don't forget tonight, I'm hearing the Hulkster is going to yeah. be on Raw. Hulkamania running wild. Thanks so much for the call, Mike. We'll talk to you next week. Anytime. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Enjoy your week. Take it easy, brother. You got it, brother. Bye-bye. And there you have it. From the wonderful mind of, of Mike Ferraro, we, you know, all over the place. They don't care. I mean, it, it's not really a consequential kind of thing. I mean, Mike wanted to discuss. Uh, but, I mean, I, I dig the Stooges. I mean, they're, they're you know, Stooges 1.0. I mean, you know, different or 2.0, Stooges 2.0. Um, you know, it works for the storyline. It's uh, You know, it's, it's another dimension of things. Uh you know, it's not going to change or kill anything. You know, it, 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 they are what they are. I mean, I like it, but it's, it's you know, supporting kind of thing. If if they have them or if they don't have them, I'm not losing sleep over it. And there you go. <laughs> well said. Well, a well succinct put opinion. And let's get back into the pay-per-view because, uh, you know, again, we so we dissected, you know, Ambrose Rollins, real good uh, Hell in a Cell match. You know, we got to say that, you know, and, and I'm right there, and I'll put it out there. And you know what? One of the drinking games, if you want to play this drinking game when listening to our show, 
play this drinking game. Every time I say we're not Cena haters on this show, drink. Because I say it usually a couple times a show. You can probably do a shot every time. Because I don't say it often enough that it'll kill you. But I say it a few times. So anyway, we don't hate on them here. You know? But I will admit, going into last night, I, you know, because of the way... Um, the setup and the storytelling was, I was not overly enthused for another Orton-Cena match. I didn't hate it as much as others. Like it or not, those two guys are the faces of this era. Um, So I I didn't absolutely despise it, but I can't say that I was excited about it. The one thing that I really did, did not like is the fact that John Cena lost his contract on a pole match to get his hands on Rollins. Lost. He lost. He's a loser. And what happens in losing that match, he gets put in a number one contender match. That storytelling to me made no sense. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that that Cena was yelling for the tag in a no-disqualification street fight tag, handicap tag match. I just didn't understand that. But we're not even going to get into that. Let's talk last night's pay-per-view. So I didn't like the, the, the storyline. The, the writing towards it, the creative, it made no no sense for Cena in losing that contract match to get a shot at the number one contendership. I I was under the, the, the opinion that last night something new and interesting would be for Orton to win. I would like to see Orton going after Brock Lesnar. I'd like to see the... Uh, the lead into that, right now, Orton is at the top of his game. I think that guy, he's getting better and better in the ring. I don't think it's any debate. Right now, the RKO is the best finisher in wrestling. He hits it out of nowhere. I mean, to the point now where there there are, are vines online that I find pretty funny, where they're inserting Randy Orton's RKO out of nowhere. Um, I think Orton is... is Really looking good right now in the ring. Um, that being said, I thought the match was a very good match. It was the longest match on the card. It was almost twice as long as the other Cell match. Um, I thought these two put on a hell of a show. It was one of the better Orton Cena matches. Uh, personally, I thought the wrong guy won. I would have liked to have seen Orton uh, uh, win this out. It would have been something different. Especially now, I mean, now we're going to see Cena Lesnar again. Uh, I'd be shocked now if Cena loses. I think if you're going to put yourself in that position, Cena's got to win the belt from Lesnar. Uh, Whereas I think if Orton won, it gives you a little suspense what direction they're going to go in. Um, Who knows? They may change things. uh, But I just think now we're heading towards another Cena title run. Um, But... If we take all the creative stuff out of the mix and just look at last night, I thought it was a very, very good matchup from these two guys, Dave. Yeah, I agree. It was probably one of their better matchups. You know, they, they've wrestled ten times on pay-per-view, and let's not count all the other, you know, thousands of times that they wrestled each other, you know, on live events or te- on te- or on TV. But ten times on pay-per-view um, in the last uh, four years. So, or I should say, I'm sorry, in the last seven years, excuse me. Um, anyhow, um, it was a very good match, very physical. I, I won't say it was one of the best Hell in the Cell matches because, you know, like I said earlier, the Hell in the Cell concept is watered down. And 
Um, but they they had good use within reason of using the cell, um, you know, with, you know, weapons and tables and chairs and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, the near falls and kicking out of each other's finishers was was, was a nice touch added to it. Um, I mean, I do agree with you. Orton is getting better. And these vines, these memes that come out of him, it's growing in popularity. It's all over social media. I mean, I think that's why the, that's one of the reasons why we are going to see a Randy Orton babyface turn. I agree 100%. He should have been the winner of that. I don't see any intrigue in a John Cena-Brock Lesnar match for a third time now. I really don't, especially the way that they, 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 they mishandled the first rematch between the two, the buildup and the match itself going forward. I just don't see any intrigue in it. I think it would have brought a different flavor um, with having Orton involved against Lesnar. There's a history there with the two of them because they were where they came in around the same time, and just the, the the popularity of the RKO and how they would incorporate that into his strategy and going into a match against Lesnar and just I mean he he RKO'd Heyman on Monday night, almost like to send a message. I wasn't betting the farm that he was going to win the match, but that was a strong indication that they had thoughts and plans to possibly put him in the match against Lesnar. I just think it would have made made for a, a better story because I don't see any intrigue in Cena and Lesnar and it's rumored to take place at the Royal Rumble. I mean, next month's Survivor Series is in St. Louis and there's been rumors that they wanted Lesnar to work more dates and they were going to negotiate um, in a little bit of an extension to his contract to work more dates um, on you know for pay-per-views and stuff like that. I thought it would have been cool if you had Lesnar and Orton at Survivor Series in Orton's hometown. Where you can start that, the, you know, the, his run as a babyface. I mean, I the match was good. The, Cena and Orton are great together for something that was built, you know, built up so poorly and done in a way that was, you know, uh, very just kind of thrown together. I mean, they had that history there, so it kind of added a little bit more to the match um, that they've been that they came up at the same time. You know, ten years, a ten-year rivalry. It, if they had four or five more weeks where they built it like that it probably would have been a much better build for the match and would have made people want to see it even more. But they didn't. But for doing it on the fly like that, it wasn't terrible. Physicality was good. I just didn't care for And I'm not a John Cena hater, all right? So those of you out there that are playing this drinking game right now, you can do another shot because I said it. But I just don't have any desire to see it anymore. And I'll throw another one out there. Spoiler alert. Cena's not winning the belt the Royal Rumble. I guarantee it. Why? Because there's been rumors that they want to have Rusev cost Cena the match so they can have, you know, Rusev and Cena at WrestleMania, which could possibly be the time when they feed Rusev to John Cena and John Cena's the guy to break that streak. So if there's something else you want to bitch about, bitch about that. But overall, the match wasn't bad, and uh, I like that they placed it in the middle of the card. I like that they didn't put it towards the end because it didn't have that that feel of it needing to be in the main event, you know, like Ambrose and Rollins did. And and it's interesting, you know, coming out of this pay-per-view as a whole, and again, I thought it was a really solid pay-per-view. Um, you know, a lot of things, and why I'm looking forward to tonight's Raw, I mean, you know, you have the program between Rollins and Ambrose. Great program, really entertaining match, some cool spots last night. They could always revisit it, but it looks like, all right, Seth Rollins will be going in a different direction, and obviously Dean Ambrose is going to have his issues with Bray Wyatt. Um, it looks like with the with the Divas Championship that 
You know, AJ Lee and Paige, that, that, that conflict might be coming to an end. Paige had her issues with Alicia Fox last night. Do we see Paige and Alicia Fox involved in something aside from the, the Divas Championship? And where does AJ Lee go next uh, there? Obviously, what's next for Rusev? We're speculating. We're going to see a turn perhaps tonight from Mark Henry. So we see Big Show going off in that direction. Um, you know, do we see The Miz still in the U.S. title picture? Perhaps. Um, I think at some point, like we speculated, we're going to see Miz Dow and Miz split. Um, what's next going into next pay-per-view for Orton and, and Cena? Uh, wouldn't be surprised if we start to pull the Usos away from the tag team championship scene. Goldust and Stardust, maybe they're going in a different direction. Oh, uh, we got the valet storyline. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is what it is. And, you know, you're wondering what they're going to be doing with Cesaro, but I, I, I would think there's a good possibility that maybe they're pulling Cesaro away from uh, Dolph Ziggler and that IC title picture. As I'm seeing on the screen right now, as I say the word Cesaro, we're going to get Ambrose versus Cesaro tonight on Monday Night Raw, which I would think would be a very good matchup. So I think what you got at a last night's pay-per-view, and look at that, as John Cena loses his contract on a pole match he gets Seth Rollins anyway John Cena versus Seth Rollins tonight on Monday Night Raw so I think last night's pay-per-view you had a lot of seeds planted and now guys programs are ending and they're going to be going off in different directions we can start to speculate what directions they're going to go in and it's interesting Dave and we, we brought this up on another show and we're going to get going now now we're in Survivor Series mode it's Survivor Series season we're going to do, we're going to organize kind of a tournament and that you guys can vote on. And that will be coming down the road. But this is something where, you know, we talked about it. Creatively speaking, if Brock Lesnar is out of the picture and he's not going to be wrestling at Survivor Series, well, why not have a pay-per-view full of traditional Survivor Series matches? And, and then you could do some really interesting stuff going into that pay-per-view now where you don't necessarily need the champion there because you have these, these unique elimination tag team matches going on. But we know that's not going to be the case. We're probably going to have some crappy diva, you know, the the divas from the diva show versus the divas not on the diva show, a traditional Survivor Series matchup. But who knows? But I think we're going to see. I think it it it's got the potential to be a very good Raw tonight, Dave. It does. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. I mean, why, you know, why did uh, Bray Wyatt target Ambrose? Um, you know, where does Randy Orton go from here after losing his opportunity as a championship to John Cena? Seth Rollins, too. He's another one. He kind of had a little, uh, you know, uh, spat with Orton, which led to a physical, you know, altercation last week on Raw. Will they play off of that? Um, you know, I, I mean, there's, I think now at this point we're in, we're in a, we might see some storylines and some things freshen up a little bit heading into Survivor Series. And uh, this is now the time where, um, you know, I hate to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, but this is now the time where we see certain things, certain seeds get planted or certain things toyed with that could you you could potentially see at WrestleMania, um, you know, in, in the springtime. So we, we could be seeing, um, you know, and who knows, you know, Roman Reigns could potentially return. You know, we don't, we don't know how long he's going to be out of action. There's been talk about Daniel Bryan not even – coming back at the Royal Rumble, like I've reported on the Day 5 News report, there's now even talk that he might not come back at WrestleMania at all. But then again, how many times have guys 
have been projected to come back at a certain amount of time, and they come back early and make surprise appearances in the Royal Rumble. Guys like John Cena, guys like Edge. So, I mean, there's there's different rooms of possibility and storylines and who's going to go where, what, and why. Um, hopefully, um, I think that they that they see that with Lesnar gone, they need to put more focus on the secondary titles. I'm really enjoying the fact that they've done that with the Intercontinental Championship. So, um, be that as it may, I'm actually I have a feeling we might see Bad News Barrett return, and maybe he'll come after Ziggler for the Intercontinental Title. There's been talk of Ryback returning, and they're going to repackage him and, and and make a big deal out of him. So. Possibilities are endless, but tonight's Raw should be very interesting going forward into Survivor Series, especially with the Wyatt Ambrose stuff. If it just falls flat, and I mean, I don't know. I see good things in it, so I'm thinking positively here. I see good things with it going forward. I agree with you. I mean, you know, we try to keep it pretty positive here, and and, and unfortunately, like for the past few weeks, we, we haven't been as positive. Uh, you know, a lot of the Monday Night Raws as of late um, have not been good, and and it's almost like, you know, it's become like an unofficial off-season uh, for the WWE, which is really, there should not, you know, you, you claim there is no off-season, but, uh, you know, there's a lull this time of year. And, uh, you know, the setup for last night's pay-per-view was not good. Uh, it, better pay-per-view than I thought it would be. Um, but but now you got a lot of seeds planted, and, and there's a lot of potential after... You know, almost since SummerSlam, really, like, you know, almost every Raw has just not been that good. And you have a lot of potential tonight to put put in a really solid Monday Night Raw to answer all these questions and to give us something with a lot of guys on the shelf. And credit the WWE for keeping it secret, you know, where these guys are as far as their recovery, um, so they can surprise you with when they return. And so, you know, I we're big fans of Barrett here. I'd love to see him back. Um, you know, Mike wouldn't be too happy when maybe we see Ryback back. Back, 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 back. Um, but I'm just, I'm hoping, Dave, you know, I need a good Raw tonight. Yeah, I do too. And I I, I have a feeling we'll see it. I, I truly do. There, there's some there's some new things on the horizon. We've seen some seeds planted. I think we're going to see some uh, some interesting things take place going forward for the rest of the year. You guys are awesome tonight. Thank you so much for the phone calls. We'll be back next week. 6.30 gets ready for Monday Night Raw. For Dave, I am Ken. Enjoy Raw. Good night, everybody. <laughs>